untapped talent on cliffcentral.com. All right, here we go. Another Wednesday has rolled around, and thank you so much for having us on. This is Untapped Talent with me, Sia Sangweni Fen, right here on cliffcentral.com. Listen, there's just, there's so much going on this week. I just want to get started. You know, usually we'll finish on time, hint, hint, nudge, nudge to the man who went overtime. We won't judge, um, and I'll do the talent news of the week because I'm just all as excited. But this time, I just want to get right into Alice. I'm very, very excited for this week's edition of Untapped Talent. So, f- secondly, you know, first I have my guest in studio, but this chick, I'm very, very excited to have her on. She's a seven-time Sama nominee, most recently in the 2015 Best Adult Contemporary Album Category. Um, Josie Field will join me to talk about her amazing career thus far, including letting us in on her new album, Smongile. But before that, my very first guest, he's quite a distinguished man of note. Um, his name is Alistair Swartz. He is giving me an inside scoop on the Standard Bank Rising Star Awards. They're now in their fourth year, and they aim to celebrate young people who have made outstanding contributions to their organizations and the future of the nation as a whole so i just want to get it started you know who can be up for nominations how does the nomination process actually work when are they happening all of this and so much more on this week's edition of untapped talent so if you have any questions or you want to add to the conversation all you have to do is simply message us on wechat our official account is cliff central all you have to do is tap connect and then message to screen otherwise you can also tweet us at cliffcentral.com or at sia underscore sf but let us get it started first and foremost mr Alistair Swart, thank you so much for being on this morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having us today, Sia. Yes, thank you for being on. Quite a little introduction and a half. Quite a nice song to intro, right? Battleships by Ashlyn Gray, my guest a few weeks ago. So are you feeling good about today? I am, yeah. There we go. Then let's get it started. So this is quite something new. You know, uh, the awards are in their fourth year. The Standard Bank Rising Star Awards. In a nutshell, how would you describe the awards? Right, so the Standard Bank Rising Star Awards are there to recognize and reward talent in the workplace between the ages of 28 and 40. Uh-huh. What I'd like to point out is it's a level playing field. So we're no longer doing a BE Awards or a Women Awards. We feel South Africa's past that. We feel that it's time for us to all compete on a level playing field. So we've opened it up on a national basis. Um, and what we're saying to organizations is benchmark your best talent against you know your competitors and let's see who comes out on top. Huh. Okay, but let's get right to the beginning. Why were these awards actually created four years ago? Right, we created the awards because, like I just mentioned, there were a lot of BE awards and there were a lot of women awards. And there also wasn't really an award ceremony that looked at that age group. Uh-huh. Um, me and Laura kind of felt that that, that age group does the hard work. You Laura, know? your business partner. That, that's correct, yes. yes. And wife. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, and we just felt that they were a very sorely under-recognized age group. Um, and if we, if we face the facts, they're the age group that sweat blood for the organizations. You know, they, they put in the extra hours, they work really hard. And sure, the organization recognizes them with internal programs. Uh-huh. But where do we as South Africa do that on a national platform and say, these are your best guys in the corporate world um, on, on a national level? Yeah. So, so that was our goal with it. Since then, the vision has changed slightly. Um, we are now more focused on what we're calling the rising star network. So when we shortlist down to finalists, we take this top talent, which is around 50 to 60 individuals every year, and we put them on an online platform and encourage them to network across sectors to, to broaden their experience by, by tapping into the other talent around them. Yeah. And the vision with that would be that in five years time, when they get pro- 
promoted to directors or C-level positions, they already know people in other sectors on a face-to-face level. You know, yeah. they know them personally. They've got their cell phone numbers, and they can call on each other's strengths um, and just really – so so it's, it's the networking benefits to that. Um, we also – Obviously, with, with recognizing talent, there's a responsibility to develop them. Uh-huh. So we, we give them online learning packages where they have access to around um, just under 800 uh, online e-learning courses. And it's just uh, we'll, we'll do networking functions where they can meet on face-to-face. Uh, we do an Invest in Excellence course through the Pacific Institute and just really tap into to what they've got and just try and maximize their, their potential going forward. Mm. Now, you the awards focus in the age group of 28 to 14, I think I've said this to you before. What I like about this concept as a whole is it's not just about a night of dressing up and you clap hands and people get applauded as they walk onto stage, but it really is setting up a foundation because that age group as, as a whole, you know, it's very pivotal because that's when you go out there, not just to test the waters, but as I like to say, you go out there to, you know, make waves. So it's very, very interesting that you gather like-minded people. And I always do believe that it's only great things that can come from something like this so on your side personally working on this for four years what has been the greatest lesson or experience you've um really just encountered one-on-one i I think my greatest value comes from the testimonials i get from the rising stars um the impact that we have on their their standing within their organizations um we get testimonials like i finally have a voice within my organization or wow. now i'm heard um i've or you know one of them was i was invited into exco and they asked my opinion uh, and my opinion was taken seriously and, and made change within my organization now that is you know that that's actually making a difference um uh-huh. and i question whether they would be invited to that exco board meeting and whether they would have been taken seriously if they didn't have that award yeah you know, so, so that, I think that's the biggest thing that, that touches me. Um, going out into new territories is also really exciting. Uh, we've launched Kenya second year running in Kenya. Yes. We're looking yes. at Botswana at the end of the year. And if we, if we talk about Africa as a, um, an economy powerhouse, the only way to do that is to network across countries. Um, so what we, we aim to do is to link these networks up. So the rising star network in Kenya will link up with South Africa, will link up with Botswana. Um, and ideally in five years time, actually network across continents or across countries as well. And how's it been working out so far? You know, going to Kenya, et cetera, et cetera, and branching out to the rest of Africa soon enough. I think the first year was a challenge. Um, it's, it's really, it was really well received in Kenya. Um, mm-hmm. they are really invested in talent. The, the uptake from the, from the corporates with regards to entries has just been you know, mind blowing. Um, we've actually just finished phase one of the entry process for Kenya. Okay. Um, phase one for South Africa ends now the first week of April. Um, where we, we encourage individuals to either put themselves forward or organizations to put forward their top talent. Yeah. Um, for the first phase of assessments. And it's the same structures as well for the actual awards with the 12 categories, et cetera? Uh, Kenya, we have nine categories. Um, okay. it's, it's more uh, country specific. Um, so in South Africa, we've, we've got a lot, let, let's say the, the, the resources are a lot broader. So, yeah. so we have a broader structure of, of categories, but the criteria and characteristics all stay the same. Cause it's very interesting. In South Africa, you've deci- you've divided, um, the awards into 12 categories, including banking and financial services, energy and chemicals, construction and engineering, entrepreneurship, ICT, transport. That's quite, you know, it's, it's a good pat on the back for us as South Africans to know that, you know, we are making a difference in, in sectors like this. And especially for you as an organizer, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I, th- I look, we started with 10. Uh, we increased yeah. to, to 12 in the last year. And 
I think we're now finally covering the, the broad scope that Africa has, South Africa has to offer. Um, we did have one or two entries in year one that didn't really have a position, so we had to make the media marketing category for them. Yeah. Um, we had a little bit of confusion with regards to construction and where do they really sit, so we've had to restructure to, to accommodate that and just, just maximize and make sure that we give everybody an opportunity throughout the, the, the corporate workspace. That is fantastic. And have you seen some, let, let's word it as healthy competition between the nominees and the people who put themselves up together, like, well, you know, Legend Hospitality would sound well with my title. Is that good? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it is really healthy competition that we see. And, and what I've, what I do appreciate about it is when they do get to the finals, a lot of them ask, so what's happened with the semifinalists? Um, do, do we still get a chance to contact with them? Yeah. So when it comes to our Rising Star Summit in October, we will extend, um, you know, free, free seats to semifinalists that would like to come and join. Uh, with regards to, you know, it's difficult when you say talent and who's the winner, you know, because just because ah. my talents are different to yours doesn't necessarily mean I won. Okay. It just means I have something else to offer to the See, plate. now that's a good organizer. See, he's, di- he's diplomatic and democratic <laughs> in that sense. Listen, <laughs> let's talk about the process as a whole. So people put themselves up to be nominated. They are put forward or they can nominate themselves. That's right. So, okay. so we've got a really robust judging process in place. It's all managed by, uh, USB executive development. They're our judging partner in both Kenya and South Africa. Phase one is a self-assessment. So they'll be asked certain questions with regards to our criteria. Our criteria <clears throat> highlights issues like, um, your vision and ability to create, uh, your listening communication skills, your trust and ethics. Um, are you motivated and committed to your organization? Um, mm. And we judge on those criteria. So phase one is a self-assessment. Um, and from there, we shortlist eight individuals per category. Eight individuals per category. All right. That's the easy part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the real work begins. Indeed. So from a credibility point of view, I mean, you can write a, a beautiful essay about yourself, but does it reflect in the workplace? So we then um, contact either a direct manager or an HR um, executive within that organization and ask them to please back up the entry. Okay. So they'll have access to that entry and they'll be able to say, look, yes, line one, that's there. Line two, no, he's not consistent. Um, and just make sure that, you know, we're actually getting down to the root of it. Yeah. In the same breath, the candidate will then be asked to write a 2000 word essay with regards to our criteria and where their strong points and weaknesses are. Um, and from there, we shortlist five individuals. Wow. All right. So. I'm already just trying to streamline from all the entrants down to five. That's, that's quite something. Well, it's, it's five individuals per category. So yeah. it's a network of 55 to 60. Um, we start off with around 500 to 550. Okay. So just to give you an idea of how it channels down from, from finalist stage, which is the five finalists per category, we then, then it gets really hairy. We invite them for a, <laughs> No, we, we do. We make sure that if we're going to give you the rising star title that you've worked to deserve it. Um, so we'll invite them for a two-and-a-half-hour face-to-face interview. They'll arrive and be presented with a blind MBA-level case study. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll get an hour to prepare. Uh, they'll then present to a panel of judges consisting of one CEO and three HR executives. Um, and the, the judges will judge them on the, the five points of our criteria. And after making them sweat, we'll ask them, okay, now please present your case study. So, you know, it, it is definitely, it's not just write me a motivation and you're through. Yeah. You know, we, we found that um, the award landscape needed a little bit more of a robust judging process in place. So, you know, when it comes to people saying that I'm a finalist in the Rising Star Awards, um, I'm willing to say that that guy's got what it takes. Yeah. You know? 
you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk and it stands for something and it's, it's, it's credible in that sense. So this is very, very interesting. You know, what I like, uh, your business partner and wife, Laura, uh, has been quoted as saying, you know, this has boosted our confidence in local business and we believe more than ever that we have an incredibly talented workforce. Come on, that's the best pat on the back ever from you uh, as an organizer, but also someone with genuine passion about this. Yeah, look, it's, it's, um, I, I really like that we didn't keep this in a box when we launched it. If I look at our original vision was to just have an award ceremony. Uh-huh. Um, and just by keeping the doors open to change and to saying, you know, let's, let's see how far we can take this. How can we keep these individuals, um, engaged in the networking, um, with regards to the summit following? Yeah. Um, none of these things would have come to pass if we had just stuck to our original vision. Um, so I think it's about being flexible and being open to, to the changes that come, you know? And with that then, where's your vision now? My vision now would be to, to have an award ceremony throughout Africa. So it's about building a pan-African network of talent. Um, and more importantly, getting them to network across continent, across countries so that we can, let's say when your organization asks you to launch a product out in Kenya, uh-huh. you already have five, five people in each, um, in each sector that you can call on their expertise and say, listen, I'm coming into the territory. What are my challenges with transport? Or I'm coming in, you know, where, where, where do my benefits lie with, with hospitality? That, that sort of thing. Um, and it's, it's really about strength, playing on each other's strengths. You know, yeah. it's, it's that whole theory of success breeds success. Um, and it's about putting them all in one pot. Um, 100%. So, so that, that's where, where my vision lies now is about developing that Pan-African network. What's the support and the interest been like for those 28 to 40 year olds? You know, it's one thing some can say, no, the company just put the employee forward just for the accolades or whatever. But the individual per se, how have you seen, uh, these young people, uh, young given from the 20 year old, uh, changing, et cetera, et cetera, from a, a process like this, from having their own individual visions opened up and, you know, now even having the likes of being able to say, you know what, maybe I might just network in Kenya. Yeah, we, we actually, um, most, look, most of them have stayed with their organizations. So yeah. like I say, the, the biggest thing that we've got from it is loyalty to their organizations for saying thank you for recognizing what I do. Mm. Um, some of the people have left their organizations and now have the confidence to start their own things. So we've developed one or two entrepreneurs along the way. Fantastic. Um, which, which I think is a great thing. You know, yes, sure, maybe that organization lost a bit of talent, but the economy gained a new, new entrepreneur. Yeah, granted, granted. Um, so with regards to the change or impact it's made on the individual's life, some of them say my the demands on me are a lot harder now because I have this accolade. Um, my my organisation expects me to be on top of my game twenty four seven. You know, uh-huh. I, I don't have that opportunity to say. Oh, sorry, I don't feel like it today. You know, I'm a rising <laughs> you star. You are a rising and I'm star. Invested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's also it's a great space to be. You know, I'm I'm happy that we could change people's lives like that. And the support from organisations over the four years have you also seen that grow? And are you happy with it thus far? I am. Um, our corporate support has been amazing. Um, consistent sponsors from organisations like Standard Bank, Sasol. Arslam Atoll, um, the Hilton Worldwide. Uh, we've now got in some government sponsors. Mercito are now taking hold of the manufacturing and retail category. Um, SITA have now taken part of the, the public service category. So it's great to see government also getting involved, Yeah. Um, especially from a CETA point of view. Um, they see the benefits of the development side of our program. So it's, yeah. Fantastic. Now let's talk to Alistair, the 
partner in Black Bart Productions and the husband? Is he getting eight hours of sleep? Is he sleeping peacefully? Is he stressed out about planning this or is he feeling like, I got this in the bag? Uh, it's been a long time since <laughs> I've had eight hours sleep. <laughs> um, See, so yeah, you know, I thought that after four years of doing events, um, you know, you'd get more comfortable with it and it would move on. I've We are busy exhibiting at the ACD conference now and the last two nights I haven't slept. It's, it's about setting up stands and it's Sucks. how am I going to present my product tomorrow? Um, and I think it's, I think it's a healthy obsession, um, cause it keeps me on top of my game. Um, uh, the baby doesn't help with the sleep factors. Oh yes. <laughs> that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the biggest challenge we have with regards to Alistair as a partner in both Black Bark and being married to my business partner. Yeah. Is like the previous show mentioned that line between work and play. Exactly. Um, you know, I don't think there is a dinner where we don't discuss what's going to happen at the office tomorrow. It's just passing the peas and talking about business. It's, it's, <laughs> it's part of your day. Just the scenery that changes. Exactly. Just normal. <laughs> but in your personal capacity, what actually drives you to be involved in so much? And why do you actually want to be part of, uh, of so much in, in developing and changing people's lives? I think it's the fact that I have a carte blanche on the creative aspect of it. Um, uh-huh. it's not, I think it'd be very different if I was doing this for an organization and I was set within a framework. You have to deliver A through to Z. Yeah. Um, the fact that I can choose today, I'm working on, on this. Um, and tomorrow we're going to develop that. Um, and not structured to you have to do it this way. Yeah. Um, is what I'm most passionate about. Um, you know, being able to come up with creative ideas and not have to get approval for it. Literally just go up to Laura and say, what do you think about this? Um, can we go yes or no? And it's not this big, Internal procedure and submitting it to directors. The, the freedom that, that comes with owning a business is definitely something that keeps me awake. You know, I, I find that the word passion sometimes has certain connotations. You know, like you hear artists saying, well, this is my passion. And they sit cross-legged on the floor with a canvas all day. How do you, where's the line between fulfilling your passion as a, an, an individual yet being in corporate in a nine to five? Ooh, this, that yeah, was you good. You got me well done on the back leg. Round of applause. <laughs> See, yeah, that was a good one. No, I'm <laughs> See, I think it's, it's easy for me to, to say where, where the reason that I'm, I'm compassionate to carry on going where I'm, where I'm going to. Um, if I look back six years ago and, and I'll say it open cards, I was a waiter. Yeah. You know, and I decided to, to put in a little bit of effort and do something different with my life. Um, and that's pretty much been my driving force since that day. Uh-huh. Um, the, the passion has come with the freedom that I've seen through actually putting in a little bit of effort. You know, yeah. I, I look at a lot of people complaining, oh, but I have this and this situation in front of me. And the truth is change it. Yeah. You know, if you're not going to get in, get up and put in the work to change it, then, then nothing's going to change. And that's what I'm most passionate about. The fact is if I, if I put in the work, things will happen. Yeah. So if you had to talk to an Alistair six years ago and the younger people as well, you know, maybe just about to finish school, just going into university who just feel like, you know, I don't know what to do. What would you have to say to them? I would say you won't know until you try. Um, and if it's really terrible, you can always stop doing it. Ooh. Ah, sorry, I just got to write that down myself. <laughs> okay. And then lastly, what does success mean to you? I, I am a family man. Success to me means being able to to go with my wife and my child on a camping site for the weekend and just being able to sit back and say, you know what, we've done our work for the week um, and, and we're done. Being able to pay the rent, put, you know, pay the school fees, yeah. that, that's success for me. 
Well, you know what, Mr. Alistair Swartz, thank you so much for coming in this this morning. I wish nothing but success for you and for the Rising Star Awards as well. So for more information on the Rising Star Awards, people can just visit www.risingstar.co.za. That's correct. All right. And then also you can also like their Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash Rising Star SA or follow them on Twitter at Rising Star SA. How about that? Brilliant. This is what Untapped Talent is all about. Thank you so much to Alistair for stopping by. Coming up straight after this, the Sama nominated Josie Field. This is Untapped Talent. Dear future husband, here's a few things you need to know if you want to be my one and only Oh my life. Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Oh, that was Megan Trainer with Dear Future Husband. I don't know. I just feel like I shouldn't enjoy that song. Because I feel like somewhere out there, there's a deep, soulful muso who doesn't appreciate that I like pop. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. This is Untapped Talent with me, Sia Sanguinifin, right here on cliffcentral.com. Keep the messages coming on WeChat. Our official account is cliffcentral or on Twitter at cliffcentral.com or at Sia underscore. And keeping with that Twitterverse term, I'm now speaking to at Josie Field. Morning, Josie. <laughs> Morning. Thanks for having me on the show. How about that for a little mini introduction? I love it. I feel like it doesn't do you justice, though, because uh, as a matter of fact, you've been now <laughs> in formally 10-year career in 2015, is it? Yeah, I, I guess. Wow, yeah, that's, that's a mean, decade. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's not something you should mention first. You know? <laughs> no, I'm very proud of that. I, I think with the accolades, four albums later, receiving, uh, I think now it's seven South seven, African Music yeah, Award nominations. Yeah. My goodness, Josie. Maybe it'll be like third album lucky, you know, with with the actual win. But then I don't know. I mean, I think it's always better to be the underdog, you know. What does a nomination mean to you now? You know, it's not just, uh, hey, this is the Santin Awards. This is the South African Music Awards ceremony. <laughs> I know. And you've I th- been nominated. When I think of it that way, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, <laughs> For lack of a better term, ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's it's like ridiculous to me because, yeah, I guess I, I, I'm, re- I'm one of the really lucky ones. Um, it's a huge thing to get a nod from, yeah, the South African Music Awards. Yeah. Um, and I have for, you know, seven times. So that's quite something. It's, yeah. yeah it's but ridiculous. But do you really <laughs> just believe in luck after 10 years and such dedication? Like, I mean, people, there's dedication, then there's tattooing your albums on you. Yes. Now, yeah, that's Josie's level. <laughs> <laughs> that is why I just don't believe in summer luck, just for you. Yeah, well, I guess my albums mean that much to me. They're, they're pretty much my babies. I mean, yeah. um, my work is... Um, and writing songs in general. I mean, I'm a singer-songwriter, so the writing process, uh, the writing of the material is, is just as important as delivery. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my passion. So why, w- and I, I'm that passionate about it. Why wouldn't I tattoo them on my arm? Where did it all start with you? 
Um, I started, I grew up listening to my parents' large vinyl collection, uh-huh. which was mostly like folk and rock and roll and kind of 60s and 70s, really cool stuff. Um, and, and then it kind of spoke to me. It came through and I was inspired by the, especially inspired by people who, who wrote and, the, and then, and then sang their own songs, the yeah. singer songwriter kind of. Um, nutshell. And so then I, I started trying it out, you know, as a teenager, teenage girl, you know, having a lot of issues. Yeah. <laughs> as most teenagers do and having to like kind of document it journal style. Instead of that, I was doing the songwriting journaling. So I was kind of like downloading my life into song format and that helped me you know, process life as a teenager. And then it kind of snowballed and unfolded into a collection of songs. Uh I met a great producer who I still work with, and that was in 2005. We still work together, and he is my guitarist and, yeah, long-time producer. I I do feel that I'm slightly envious about the journaling aspect. I now, looking back at my life, I'm like, maybe you should have detailed something. You know, you could be onto an autobiography by now. (laughs) Did you just feel... Instantly drawn to being able to pour out your feelings onto a paper. Yeah, totally. Because it was a natural way of dealing with, with life yeah. um, for me. And it always has been. Although I look at those diaries, well, I, I think it was about five years ago or something. I, I kept all these journals, <laughs> right? Like from when I was about 12. Yikes. And I, I wrapped them. Oh no, it was, it was ages ago. Sorry. I wrapped them up and I, I, I made them gifts for myself on my 21st. So they were all presents that I'd open on my 21st. Okay. And that was what? like, it was so many books of journal. It was like years and years of journal. I know this sounds nuts, okay? You know but what? We don't 20- judge here. <laughs> <laughs> you on go my, on, On my 21st, I unwrapped these, these presents and I started reading them and I was so horrified at, oh, the, no. at the issues that I was dealing with and like the... And it was just totally embarrassing. So I burned the lot and that was that. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> because I was about to ask, you know, another thing that has kept me off being 100% honest, like on a piece of paper somewhere is the same thing. Oprah has this pact with her best friend, Gail. She says, if you know, they have a pact within each other, whoever dies first, they know exactly where all of their journals are kept and they go in there and they get rid of it. So that's what I'm scared of. So good going with the burning part. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was only burning up until the 21st from, from that point onwards, I haven't really burnt, but then I haven't, written such corny things well i hope not i mean yeah. maybe <laughs> okay we'll leave it at that yeah okay you know so you still do reference a lot of your own experiences into your songs definitely because that's one thing that i know for sure in this world is my experience of it so that's what i write about that's what i that's what in, inspires me how do you not take it personally if you know the reception for a certain song isn't as great whereas you really poured your heart out into it yeah um i i guess that that is a little tough but in general i always just remind myself why i started writing in the first place and that is because i do it for me and the fact that other people enjoy it is an is an added bonus and that's why i'm blown away, away by these award ceremonies and things yeah. because at the end of the day when i think about it i started in my bedroom and i was writing these songs to help me through my life process and now other people can also appreciate it connect with it and it helps them too which is which is a total bonus huh yeah. okay so what's what's the process like for josie when she's about to complete an album so let's talk about Spongile, for example yeah what what sort of process do you go through? Do you feel like, okay, 
it's either I write a song and complete an album about this or I go for therapy. Is it like, no. <laughs> is it something like no, that? No, it's not at all like that. Uh, we go for therapy anyway. Okay. Yeah. I need, I need me some leather couch on in an office somewhere. So we'll go together. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, basically I write songs about whatever inspires me at the time. I don't go into studio and be like, right, this is the kind of album that I want to make. It's so- song by song and we treat each song, um, production wise, the way that we feel it's more suited. Yeah. And then we look back and we say, okay, well, that's the kind of album that we have. So, um, I guess it's like, I don't worry about what anything, what's trending or what's hip or anything like that. It's, it's more a question of like, um, doing what's honest and true to us because people aren't stupid. I mean, they can see when you're not being, you know, genuine. Exactly. And you have to kind of, I mean, you know, you know, you're the best version of yourself. So you might as well just be that. You see, on that note, this is when I kind of feel, quote unquote, bad for the music industry in 2015. You know, you yourself said, you know, you were influenced by good old hearty music back in the 60s and 70s. I often think about musicians today and I think, how can you possibly really be interested and, and influenced by Jason Derulo with Wiggle, Wiggle, Wiggle? I mean, come on. Do you, <laughs> does someone sit there and go, wow, Jason Derulo, that is some lyrical genius and that is going to change my life and let me also write like that? How do you feel as a fellow musician? Um, look, it's, it's up to the individual. Personally, like, that's not my thing. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I would compare it to food. It's like, you know, some people get a real kick out of a Big Mac and that's like delicious. Okay. And then some people go to like a really wonderful restaurant, order their favorite and find that delicious too. Yeah. And it's like gourmet food. It's handmade. It's, you pay double the price, but it's worth it because it's flown in from, I don't know where. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So they're, I mean, they're both delicious to someone. So mm-hmm. that's okay. Isn't it? Okay. Alrighty, alrighty. We'll just agree to somewhat disagree ever so slightly on that. <laughs> but this is what I like. Okay. So you have a l- latest song and I like that it's, it's borderline about the 21st century totally and about is. trending. Yeah. YOLO. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's called, yeah, it's called YOLO and that is really odd for me to <laughs> come up with something like that. But, but it is about you only yeah, live once. Yeah. It's about you only lived once. And it's actually the song content is about Joburg city life. It's about our, our ebb and flow here in the city and, um, and kind of what it means to me. So yeah, you'll hear. Yeah. So let's go straight to it. I'm very, very excited. I was like bumping the song the whole morning. So this is Josie field on untapped talent. And this is her beloved YOLO. You only live once. She's a singer, songwriter, and also philosopher. Josie Field, telling us that we only live once. I like it, Josie. <laughs> That's a very mellow song. Yeah, it's super chilled. It's yeah. like supposed to be f- listened to while in traffic. 
Yeah. And on that note, Cindy on WeChat, she, what a weird message actually, because she messaged a few minutes earlier saying, I'm here, of course, Sia was just driving in traffic. So you see, it was meant to be that we played that song. Exactly. Listen, on that note, how do you go about, yes, we've discussed your songwriting process, but actually naming the albums, because they're quite eclectic names, like Smongile, for example, your fourth album. Okay, so my fourth album's called Spongile. The reason being, um, Spongile means we give thanks, we are thankful, yeah. we are grateful. Um, so I thought it was fitting to call my fourth album that because uh, just before I recorded it, I was spending some time overseas, like kind of out of the music scene for about a year. Uh-huh. Um, took a little vacation um, and and just like, you know, did some soul searching. Yeah. A and, little eat, pray, love. Yeah. yeah. And then that was, that was great. Um, and it got me feeling a little homesick and, uh, and, and homesick and, and like wanting to, you know, be back in music, missing that, wanting to write, doing all that kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, when I came back, I recorded the album and called it that. And also my Zulu name is actually Spongile. Look at you. <laughs> okay. So, you know, maybe for the remainder of this interview, interview, I shouldn't even call you Josie. Yeah. You can call, call me Spongile. Spongile. Yeah. There we go. We're just chilling. <laughs> See on Spongile on Cliff Central. There we go. <laughs> uh, I want to know. Yeah. Do you also find it kind of limiting when you're categorized? Like, oh, she's a, you know, just like the song, she's a contemporary artist or, you yeah, know, I she should be know. this or that or. Yeah. Totally. That is quite odd, I must say. Um, because. Writing the songs makes you not so limited by genre. I mean, I get to write the songs, so I get to choose whichever genre. The, and and a lot of my music is quite um, broad. Yeah. Uh, everything from rock to country to jazz to blues, a little bit of pop, some folk. So it's really not, um, yeah, it's yeah, not it, in one yeah. category. So that is pretty frustrating. And, and to be honest, I don't even know what adult contemporary means. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> The adult part, okay, you know it. Nonetheless, still congratulations to you and Anna Carstens, Blackbird, Howie Cornbrick, and Niemand. Yeah, no, also nominated in the same category for the Salmers. Awesome. Yes, yeah. when are the Salmers? April. Um, I actually don't know the date, but I'm going to Sun City. When? Where were you when when you actually found out that you were nominated? I was wearing my lucky hat in my slip. I was in slippers and I was at home. Ah, yeah. see, so the lucky hat worked out. Well, I get just. I mean, oh, that's ridiculous, but I'm going to No, it isn't. Tell us now. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, I was like revving myself up. You know, I was like thinking happy thoughts and stuff like yeah. a day or two before. And then on the morning of when I knew they were going to announce it. And then I came up with this like thing. I, I was saying, I was chanting in the morning while making coffee and stuff yeah. in my lucky slippers and my lucky that. hat. Yes. And I was like, OMG, I'm a summer nominee. Oh. OMG, I'm a summer nominee. Okay. So that was it, and okay. that's why I got it, basically. Alright, so basically, if I need to be, if I want to be a millionaire, I must find something that rhymes with millionaire and chant it. <laughs> Help me out, cause you also have I a- also <laughs> love to do that. Exactly. Fine. Yeah. You have a ukulele in studio. Can we get like a little tune for our chant here? Okay, what are we gonna we do? We want to be millionaires, so we need a chant for that. Um, millionaire, what rhymes with millionaire? I don't know. Billionaire. I am not a billionaire, so I will just want to be a millionaire. <laughs> That's the first way to begin. That was horrible. <laughs> so since you have, yeah. I've got the uke now. I don't know if anyone's going to hear it. Can I? Let's, let's get that mic a little closer. Okay. Do you think that works? Yeah. Yeah. Let's work. pop that on. So let's make the most of it. Do you have a ukulele in your hand? 
Yes, I'm going to play you a song now called um, Everything Is As It Should Be. Okay. And it's one off, yeah, my fourth album. There we go, Josie Field, and take it away. There's no time like the present to mention you're the one. There's no time like the present to throw away that gun. We got way too much life left in us to let our forefathers weigh us down. So take my hand and I will lead you on a path to redemption. Everything will be okay then, just because Josie said it will. Josie, thank you so much for that. Thank you. Yeah, no, listen, you think it's ridiculous when you get all these awards. I think it's very fitting. <laughs> so that is you. very, very awesome. Listen, here's the thing, though. You've performed with Ziggy Marley. You've performed with James Blunt. You've performed with Westlife. you performed for Nelson Mandela's 90th birthday. You've been, you know... My goodness, an ambassador for Levi's. You've started your own music festival, the Drake Music Festival. Like, what's next? Where to from here? <laughs> like, I just feel like if you've made a list, everything is checked off. What else do you still want to accomplish? Well, I want to obviously just keep writing because um, songs is my life. So yeah. I'm currently writing some new material for my fifth album, which I hope will be out 
towards the end of the year. Uh-huh. I'm going to be going to Australia in July for my first Australian tour, which is really exciting. Oh, wow. Are you doing that for Side by Side with Laurie? Um, no. Laurie okay. Levine and I um, are both singer-songwriters. We have a side project called Side by Side, and we kind of teamed up last year, and we've been then we toured like a national tour yeah. November, December last year. It was really cool. And the two of us have this like really cute indie folk thing going on with tambourines and stuff. And it's, it's quite nice. We play a whole um, range of instruments and, yeah. but this is, uh, the Australian tour will be just for my, myself and my guitarist will be going to do our duet there. Fantastic. And then, yeah, Laurie Levine and myself will be doing another side by side tour, probably towards the end of the year. Yeah. And we're also going to be releasing a side-by-side album, which we have done already. This will be our second one. So there's basically no stopping. Yeah, I'm just going to keep on steamrolling, hopefully. (laughs) So the Salma-nominated, the amazing, the all-in-one, the impresario, Josie Field. Thank you so much for stopping by this morning. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, it was totally worth the hour and a half traffic to get you. You know, silver lining. (laughs) It's all about the silver lining. But I really appreciate people that do their own thing and want to, like, separate themselves from the pack. So props to you guys. Yay. Thank you so much. Listen, where can we get more information on you? How can we support you? Where will you be gigging? Well, I'm going to be doing a show um, for those people in Joburg uh, on the 28th, uh, which is a Saturday afternoon, yeah. at this fantastic restaurant called Jinko Restaurant. It's on Jansmatz. It's a health food restaurant. It's on in Saxon World. It's ah. in the garden. I'm going to be playing in a garden. There'll be an afternoon of delicious food and wine and just chilled vibes. It's going to be a very acoustic show. So those people that would like to watch that, um, the information is on my website. It's josiefieldmusic.coza. And then I'm going to be setting off in April um, doing a tour through the Free State, which I've called Four Dates in the Golden State, which is See? okay. Which is um, <laughs> me heading into, I don't know, the sticks to find people that appreciate English music. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to find that, but you, I'll try. <laughs> you'll make it work. You'll definitely make it work. Listen, you got me on food, wine, and Josie Field music, so I'll definitely see you there. So <laughs> thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you to Alistair Swart, my first guest as well. And thank you so much for listening in. It's been another edition, Untapped Talent. Done and dusted. Can't believe it. We've made it through the middle of the week so we can continue on. So thank you so much for listening in. And until next week, same time, same place. My name is Sia, and I'll see you.